You are now tuned in to Music, Men, and My Mental with your host, C. Devone, tackling all things career, relationship, and your overall health. Trifecta. Let's get to it. Let's start the show. Thank you for tuning in to Music, Men, and My Mental. I am your host, C. Devone. Uh, We're doing all things in your career, your relationships, and your overall health, how to balance this out how to have some purpose around here. Um, so before we begin, I'd like to check in. Let's see how balanced we're feeling today. And, um, you know, with me, I try to go every week and what's going on? Is it the career? Is it the relationship? Where's my energy going towards? Is it my health? Am I feeling out of whack? And, um, you know, some episodes ago, I was like, you know what? Relationships was just dragging me down. So I shifted my energy towards my career. Uh, this week, the career is kind of just like, you know, been on my mind. What's next? What's happening? And I shifted on really working out. Like I actually am looking for a new therapist. I'm about to like finalize getting a new therapist because I just felt like I needed a little bit more from my therapist. So um, that's where I'm at. So let's check in with ourselves, see how balanced we feel and what we can do. Maybe one thing to make us feel a little bit more balanced today. Now let's go into my guest. I'm so excited. Um, She's my friend, but you guys are going to get to know her in a special way because um, she's doing big things around here. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Not only is she funny, but okay, I'm going to read her bio and then I'm going to go into why this bio I thought. I was like, did you take this off a dating profile? Because this is hilarious. She goes, 15 year Brooklynite in Howard University grad. Heather Romantini is currently a senior talented. Ta- <laughs> That's what I get. Senior and I'm talented. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Heather Romantini is currently senior talent producer, managing all talent partnerships for Warner Media's Bleacher Report, which is dope. And Heather has over 20 years experience as a talent and media specialist working in sports and entertainment. She's worked for companies like ESPN, uh, Fox Sports, Complex, Disney, working on television, digital content awards, and social media engagements. Prior to going to Turner Family at at the Bleach Report, she was doing talent relations at the Essence Festival this year, the 25th anniversary. Um, And she says she equally enjoys travel, world a world traveling uh using rap lyrics on her captions on ig rubbing elbows with influencers and also loving on her niece in charlotte and hanging with her besties and buying sneakers <laughs> and my nephew Don't leave him you, out. oh i'm sorry ace um, is the kind yeah. of kid that'll write that down and come back later like so you said on a podcast in 2019 sure loving on your niece and i am your nephew <laughs> and i want to know what that was about to know why he is so cute oh my god crazy 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 i love listen shout out to everyone we are the real aunties in here because we have all the nieces and nephews um you know 11 godchildren oh you have 11 godchildren Mm -hmm. people must really like you because they don't trust me with all them kids i don't have kids and they think i have money (laughs) (laughs) well reading your bio this explains they're like Heather has money, ESPN. Let, let me go on a glass door and check up the... <laughs> what does a senior What does a senior... Ta- so, okay. So, the thing about you and why I wanted you on the show is I think you are so resilient. Like, you uh, 
you can just get through everything. I mean, like sometimes you just, you just shock me as a friend, as a person. And I've seen you from bartending uh, in a, a little spot in Brooklyn, or you'll go to a, just a spot where you know you're going to make money because you're a hustler like that. Like the most unconventional spots. I'm like, what in the Bushwick is going on here? And <laughs> I was going to say you're generous when you said a little neighborhood spot. You I was, mean, I was in the ghetto, <laughs> in the hood, in the, in the and ghetto. By little spot, she means a dive hole in the wall <laughs> where you may or may not get shot. Where you may or may, not, and and I would show up and try to support, and I'm like, okay, what what is it like the color purple when the fight's about to break out and they put down the piano. <laughs> <laughs> cool in the gang was back and shit. <laughs> so um but i've seen you you know be a bartender and now just running essence Fest- being the plug at essence festival by the way like just running things and now new to the bleacher report come on give yourself a round of applause for that. that there you go so just tell tell us a little bit about your career just to start um okay so i started uh, at Howard, I interned uh, for Radio One. And um, when my mother passed away, I had to leave for the semester from the internship. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, uh, they moved me into, I was in sales, and they moved me into promotions at uh, WKYS and Radio One com- mm-hmm. uh, station. And I had a really good mentor at Radio One who was the promotions director and it was dealing with talent and uh, engaging with them. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And she was, she was very nurturing and embracing shout out to Dion. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned a lot through her about working with talent and, and it was fun and quick and engaging and just how you were able to use your relationships to, mm-hmm. to make things happen and to interface with these seemingly untouchable people this was before like social media and all that right 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 so it was it was interesting and I had an uncle who was in radio who was big in radio in Philly and that was always interesting you know like that was our celebrity you know right, and right. going to my cousin's wedding and Patty LaBelle was there like you know that type so, of thing it was like ooh, you know we famous because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was always a little bit intriguing to me and then um that was when I was at ESPN Zone working as a waitress and I was interning at Radio One and a mentor there, uh, Shantre Kamak, who is in charge of all talent for ESPN. She, I moved to New York, wanted to be with my boyfriend when I graduated from Howard, transferred through the ESPN Zone to the one, from the one in DC to the one in New York. I sent one of those mass emails like, hey, happy holidays to all my contacts. Just want to, you know, let you know what I'm up to. And she was like, oh, my God, you're in New York. I have a position at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, December 2005. And I started working as a talent coordinator at ESPN in 2005. And uh, she really, really, really taught me like super was super generous in what she taught me, but also very tough. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to dot every I and cross every T and be be really, really buttoned up and then how to do everything mm-hmm. from soup to nuts. And I think that really strong foundation led me to do talent on my terms from then until now, wow. 14 years later. Wow, 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 wow. So the funny thing, you know, we used to have this joke like, what does Heather do? Oh no! Like, I don't. Have, I'm Tommy. They call me that. Like my real friends. They're like, you she know, find no job. It, it, it's. It, I, I consider myself a real friend. We've been around each other for many, many years, and it's funny I mean, because I mean, I, I definitely knew what you did, but we would go out, and it's like, 
what the hell does Heather do? I think now people are like, oh, she really has a job now. Well, now I really do have a job. Like, so <laughs> to no. give you some context, like um, I started my own company mm-hmm. in 2013. Um, so I was working, I did a few other things too in between um, from ESPN. And then I started, when I started my company, I worked for a global advertising firm for four years in-house. Um, I just felt like my life was slipping away from me as a 20-something and I'm sitting in this desk day in and day out, managing mm. calendars and scheduling meetings. And it just wasn't fulfilling me. And um, I made good money, but as a relatively young person, but I just felt like this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And life, like I said, was just slipping away. So after my father passed in 2013, and I had time and opportunity, and I had gotten laid off um, in February he passed away in April. So now it's like, okay, well, I have this time and I have this opportunity. I have some loose ends to tie up and, you know, affairs to settle. Uh, I can figure stuff out. So as right around the same time, Fox was looking to mm-hmm. launch Fox Sports 1. And I partnered with Nick Zaccanino, who was another great mentor in my life. And he hired me to be the talent producer for the only New York-based show that ran through Fox Sports 1. So I started my company. Nick hired my company under his company. Mm. And I started talent booking as a freelancer through Nick and his company and my company. And then from there, just kind of springboarded. I was able to go through um, NFL Sunday Ticket with DirecTV, AT&T, and then even Complex, Essence Festival. All of these were contracts Mm -hmm. under my own company. And what that means at a very high level is you retain a large majority of your money just mm-hmm. tax-based and mm-hmm. you're non-exclusive and you make your own terms. I worked from home mm-hmm. a large portion of the time. I worked from Bali. I worked from, Ow. I worked from <laughs> Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I worked from uh, my sister's living room when she had mm-hmm. baby one and two. Mm-hmm. The beauty of that is that um, I got my time back and I was able mm. to make a great deal of money doing something I really enjoyed Um from wherever, whatever location I wanted to be in. And I got literally got to travel the world and spend important time with my family, figure out what was important to me, what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And now fast forward to 2019 for the first time in seven years, I'm back in house full time as a staff member for Bleacher Report under Turner. I mean, hello. Yes. Look at that. Yes. I feel like this is the first time you've actually like told the story right now. I, it is. I haven't. Oh my. And I haven't even like sent the email or announced uh, the thing. I, I, I haven't put it I was on like, my wait social. Wait a second. This is kind of exclusive. breaking news. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you got the exclusive. <laughs> you know, that's that's amazing. And it just goes straight into, I mean, two topics actually is like to find that balance and to just be mature enough to say, I want to live in my twenties and my thirties a little too, you know, you know, we, you know, we want to actually have some social life, you know, and then you see people in their forties and their fifties who haven't lived their lives. And now they're just, they're wilding out because they haven't had a chance to do that. You know, sometimes at Essence Festival, we'd be seeing some of the people like, dang. Oh yeah. That was definitely a wellness check (laughs) on me. (laughs) We're not talking about that yet. (laughs) We will get into that. Um, But Oh, a couple uh, points that you brought up is your relationships is what really got you the jobs most places and relationships are 1000% so important 1000% like, it's not about just like you know what this show is about is like the, your career your relationships and overall health but your relationships start with one how you talk to yourself 
to how you talk to just your friends. And then the other stuff is the sexual relationships, the physical relationships, because you need to have those intact first before you can really move on to the other, you know, the loves and the marriage. I think because you know, you know how to talk. If to that's people. your goal. If that's, hey, that may not be your goal. We'll go into that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, relationships, but just also that you were smart enough and early, early enough to identify like, I want to move at a different pace than most people. Because, you know, some people are just not fortunate enough to do something like that. But you were really, you know, I, I don't know how you even thought of that in your, you know, in your 20s to be like, you know, what, I'm just going to start my company and then. Let it- in all honesty and fairness, I was in my 30s mm-hmm. and um, it's just other people who I knew who had done that. And I'm like, well, why not? I'm, there's a way to my accountant is really the one who set the tone for that. I was like you got to start, you know, a company or something because you're making a lot of money and you're paying a lot of taxes and start a, start a, I started an S corp. A lot of people do an LLC. Mm -hmm. There's do your research, know Mm -hmm. what's best for you. Mm -hmm. I started an S corp just for that purpose. And then I was like, Ooh, that means I can go do all these projects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without having to be in house. And I can work for multiple people at one time. I can hire people under myself if I want. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, it, again, in my 30s. So I decided in my 20s that I was hating the trajectory of my life. And I hated clocking in, sitting mm-hmm. at my desk um, for nine hours a day. And it took until I was in my 30s to do that, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with. You mm-hmm. know, everybody does different things on their own at their own time, in their own place. And to say that also, don't ever hesitate if you're even super young to do things that you feel like aren't supposed to happen until you're older. It's, it's 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 different timelines for different people. Different timelines for different people. There, you, you're already dropping the gems. Okay, that's that. That's that's what we're here for. So, um, one thing uh, you know we've spoke about offline is like you know you lost your parents, both your parents, and um, that plays a big role in you know. I mean, you already are like just a fireball and a personality in your mm-hmm. own, but it has to have shaped you so much, you know, and dealing with loss and dealing with how you um, move in just relationships and how you can just, you can move from things so differently than most people. And, you know, and you, you said something before to me, like, you know, I've lost a lot. So sometimes I can just move a little bit more swift because I've lost two people I love so close to me, you know, um, can you just go into that and just yeah. of like, uh, and it changes, you know, yeah. like, um, I was 23 when my mother passed away and, uh, I had a younger sister. My sister was 16, about to be 17 or 17 at the time. And, um, then I lost my dad. What is it? 2000. I guess I would have been 35 when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And, um, that experience, my mother had breast cancer. We knew she was sick, um, but still I was away at school. So I didn't see the progression of her illness. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very tangible and real to me that this was imminent. I think my sister had a little bit more of an idea that it was. Mm-hmm. So it was still a shock to me because I wasn't prepared for that. I was just like, oh, mom's sick. But my mother had beaten breast cancer, mm. had a mastectomy, uh, went into remission for six years. And my mother was a beast. 
she was King Kong to me mm-hmm. in the sense of that nothing is stronger, bigger, bolder than her. So the fact that she'd already beat it once, I was like, oh, okay, we did this before. We do it again. And I just, still being a young person at 23, I didn't realize that how cancer works fully or mm-hmm. even how to the extent of what how sick she was because I wasn't physically there. I was still in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, then fast forward to my dad and he passed away. It was... Uh, he had a massive heart attack and we were in Atlanta for the final four. Wow. And um, basically a very traumatic experience. We're like walking back from dinner. He literally collapsed and gasped for air and like kind of fell on me. So for me, it was just, you know, and we were out of town and then eventually throughout the night, he uh, eventually passed away. So I was never really taught to kind of how to live in a pause Mm. You pick up, you move on. Mm-hmm. And because my mom was such this strong personality, she was the, the center of our family. Like she told all of us what to do, right. <laughs> like including oh, my dad. I wonder <laughs> where you get it from. Right, exactly. <laughs> so when when she passed away, it was like, okay, well now you have to tell everybody what to do. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, even the relationship, the way that my relationship changed with my dad, the way that my relationship changed with my sister, um, it became, you know, like the this my dad and I became more best friends at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationship very quickly changed more some from father to daughter to kind of like partners in this in this figuring it out type of Got thing. You. And then just stuff that he didn't know, you know, how to manage the household and things right. like that. And my mom worked full time. She was a PhD mm-hmm. in education. To give you some context, um, my mother was offered... She was working towards her PhD when she when she got sick. This mm-hmm. you know the second time, and from the time that the cancer came back and she found it, until the time she passed away was less than a year. Mm-hmm. She was working towards her PhD, and she was offered an honorary degree. She'd done so much work. She was in, heavily involved in the Black Women's Educational Alliance. She was an AKA. She just had done so much work. They were like, "Listen, there you go, have the thing," mm-hmm. and she refused it. She submitted her coursework uh, for her final you know, thesis and everything to get the degree for her PhD. And after she submitted it, she passed away three days later. So she wow. didn't even recognize that she had gotten it. Wow. Her her degree or her PhD was presented at her funeral wow. by the dean of the school. Wow. So just to show you like the kind of resilience that I came from, mm-hmm. mind you, my father, I'm biracial. My father is Italian. My mother was black. I was born in 1978. That still wasn't a super common thing. My parents mm-hmm. are from Philly. So just people who were just that strong in their resilience is the stock that I come from. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you pick it up and you you did I was never taught how to not push forward, you know, and just keep going. And then after my dad passed, you know, um, my sister was very pregnant at the time. She lived far away. She had already moved away to in Indianapolis. I was kind of an island. Um, I got into a relationship and and I was very heavily um, invested in that relationship. And then a couple of years later, that ended. And now it's like I have had people pass away. I've had jobs that were very important to me end kind of abruptly. I've had relationships that were very important to me end kind of abruptly. You figure out that if I'm going to continue to live in, in this world, I have to survive beyond those losses. And that's a gift and a curse, right? So it's like, okay, I'm resilient and I can keep going. But it also 
kind of creates a very surface kind of way that maybe you interact with people and you don't even mean it intentionally. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, you know, like everybody knows me. I have a whole bunch of friends and they're genuinely my she friends. She really does <laughs> know everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they're genuinely my friends. But for me, sometimes it's kind of like hard to maybe, and I don't even realize this, and then other people will, will express it to me. It's hard for me to maybe connect on the same level that they do mm-hmm. because um, there's a, a, a slight detachment, I think, that comes innately with the circumstances of my life. Amen. I'm sorry. This is not church. My bad. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Um, no, you nailed it right there. And we we had this discussion like really in like small detail. You fleshed it out like you answered all the questions that I would have asked because, yeah, that detachment of like, you know, we talk about like if someone's like, you weren't there for me. And you're like, I was. Mm-hmm. And like they really are genuinely hurt. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense. Just, you know, I mean, you are very strong and resilient, but it's like, all right, we, we haven't moved on from this yet. Okay, mm-hmm. like, let, let's move on. And it works, but vice versa. I don't really have those expectations of other people. So sometimes it's a little confusing of me when they have those expectations of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, and I've, you know, it's not even something you can necessarily work on mm-hmm. because I think you know, I'm genuine in my approach. I, I love my friends dearly, mm-hmm. but my um, expectation, again, like I said, my expectations towards them is minimal because I just don't have expectations of anybody, even including myself beyond we just can't control everything. Things are going to happen. Things are going to change and you just kind of have to roll with it. So I try to be as understanding as I can when other people have these human attachments and these human expectations that I've kind of had to move past. Hmm. You feel that they just don't like exist or you feel that maybe you just just didn't have a chance to develop them or? I mean, they've obviously been developed. You know, I have, you know, (laughs) had a mild codependency with my, you know, my sister and my niece and my nephew and like breaking my neck to try to be at everything and participate well, in everything. And I, I can see how you, how you think that, but it's because you guys are like, Oh, you know, like you all you got, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have that, um, you know, that family structure. So it's different when, you know, I'm like, I'm going to the Poconos again and I don't want to go with all these family members. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's different because you guys are like mom, dad, sister, cousin, and like all in one. So it makes sense. And on top of the fact that, what you just said is like you turned into your mom at the tender 23, like 23. We were still doing all types of ridiculous stuff in DC live and, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, and, and doing all types of crazy things and to already, okay, I'm Brazilian, I'm strong, but then have to grow up at 23 and be like, I'm taking care of everyone and a dad and, you know, like, and go home every weekend mm-hmm. to clean up, to do things and to, to fight with him about using the, Wash your body wash rag as a dish rag or <laughs> the thing you use to change your car oil. Like why? Like you never did that. Mm-hmm. All right. I assumed you never did that when you mom was know. alive. Why do you think you can do that now? Right. Like you still can't do that. Like mm-hmm. literally going to Walmart, buying new wash rags, like for the body. Like, it, But the funny thing is. of all the many creative, ridiculous, nonsensical ways he would use them. <laughs> none of which were on his body. Which is crazy because if your mom's like she's working and doing all of this and still has time to like, you know, do these things for him that Mm -hmm. he doesn't even know about, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it makes so much sense. 
why you are so strong. And also like, you are like this with your friends, even though, you know, you mentioned like, you know, I, don't, I may not understand some of these, you know, connections people or expect expectations people have for me, but you do so much for people naturally. And it's just like your instinct. Like if we go out, Heather has coordinated the coordinates of <laughs> where we are going. Who is at the door? Who do we know at the party? Where we're going next? Who, what, what we, are you wearing that? That That's kind of not part of what we're wearing today, but that's okay. That's cool. If you want to do that, I'm just letting you know that you probably look stupid. Like There, there may, may is, not be a grid. <laughs> there may or may not be a grid attached. <laughs> oh, it is an actual grid. And then she's from like, the group chat, it's and, a Google Drive. Yeah. Oh, it, it's a chat, it's everything. So it just makes perfect sense to, you know. That's control, to, though. It's, it's control. You get that, right? Oh, I know that. Okay. I'm, I'm your friend. <laughs> but, but it makes sense. It makes me even like, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast, but it makes me even have a, a whole new respect and love for you because, you know, we talk, oh, you know, your parents die, but sometimes you don't have those deeper conversations. And I also stress people listening to me right now to have deeper conversations with your friends because it's like this moment right now was like Heather is always so bossy and you know she gets things done but why why do you do that you know it's because you've had to you know you this is what you saw growing up and this is what you had to do so um so going into relationships and stuff that's so much heavier we're going to like the love aspects of relationship because so you saw this dynamic between uh, your mom and your dad, and you also now, right. you know, you have... my parents were together mm -hmm. until my mother passed away. Right. And they were married, and it was just a, a very small nuclear family. It was my mom, my dad, my sister, and myself. Mm -hmm. And my parents were together my life, my whole life. They were married, and they were together my sister's whole life until my mom passed away. And then my dad never remarried, and then he passed away. So mm -hmm. it's interesting in, in current dating world and even my mindset on things. Mm -hmm. And I think my sister's too a little bit. To, we've had, we had a very traditional upbringing mm -hmm. or maybe I, I shouldn't even call it traditional, but a very idealistic in many people's eyes mm -hmm. upbringing. So share with us how you think about relationships and love now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a constant journey of things that, you know, and I work really hard to focus on, tuning into what I really want versus what I think I should want and what kind of like the rules are and what society says that are the accomplishments. And that just goes full circle. It's not just in relationships, but it's in accomplishments. Like, you know, obviously I've been in my career as long as I have and I've done it at different levels. Like, and I know all these people and I'm able to accomplish all these things. I should be executive director of this and that. But but that doesn't necessarily afford me the creativity or the responsibility or the coin, mm -hmm. the that title. Coin. I know people with that title who make a fraction of what I make right. or, um, or have the access or have the creative um, say-so that I mm -hmm. do. So I, I implore everybody to kind of really hone into what it is you want negating completely what you see on social media, what you, what maybe your parents have told you, what you saw in your own home, what you think is the right way to go. Um, I, I'm super reluctant to say this, but even religion, you know, mm -hmm. um, listen to your spirit and your intuition and your guides and what really, really resonates for you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I came from a two-parent household in a very 
small knit community where you got married, you had kids, you got the job, you went to the job every day, you retired, you got the pension, you Mm -hmm. had the grandkids. And then my, my life kind of flipped upside down. And it was a blessing for me in that it let me know that those that didn't have to be my story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think I started to know pretty early on that I didn't want to have kids young. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did maybe want to mm-hmm. have kids. And then I maybe wanted to do it older. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I didn't need to be married. And that maybe I didn't ever have to get married. Mm-hmm. And that it was all okay. Um, I don't look at buying a house, owning a car, starting a business, traveling certain places, having a certain amount of money invested, having kids, getting married. I don't look at these check marks Mm -hmm. as um, equation to my success or my happiness. Okay. So for me, um, I've had boyfriends. I've had amazing boyfriends. I've had really shitty, terrible boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been an amazing girlfriend I've been a really shitty terrible girlfriend mm-hmm. um, people are human you know but I've grown so much that I've learned that the way I interact and the way I connect with people is to add a, some sort of value and the way that they connect with me is to add some sort of value I'm not here to control you you're not here to control me I'm not here to um be your happiness. You're not here to be mine. Mm-hmm. I think we present ourselves as full humans and then you interact with each other. And as long as that interaction is is fulfilling and rewarding, and sometimes they'll be challenging and that's okay too. We don't discard people. Mm-hmm. And But I interact with you on the level that my spirit can handle. And I say this to you all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maintaining my sanity is a daily thing, mm-hmm. you know, because like the forces of life are easily take you off kilter. Right. So if you're fucking crazy, if you you coming at me with that crazy on a daily basis, I, I don't have any problem walking away from that relationship, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because I can't be a productive individual, human to myself. I can't do my job well. I can't be a good friend to the rest of all of my friends if. any relationship (laughs) if I'm managing your crazy (laughs) if I'm if I am continuously managing your crazy that doesn't mean I don't love you doesn't mean I don't support you doesn't mean I won't help you in all the ways that I can but when that turns around to me then I have to take a step back and I implore anybody to do that to anybody Mm -hmm. mother father sister brother uncle aunt boyfriend girlfriend Mm -hmm. and again I I value relationships. I value marriage. Mm -hmm. I value friendships. Those are all important things. But your sanity is most paramount. Mm -hmm. It is. It's just in your own health and well-being. And I think that, um, and I apologize to anybody who my crazy has infringed on because I've been there. And Mm -hmm. when you, I've never had therapy, formalized therapy. Mm -hmm. I see the value in it and I've never actually done it. And maybe hopefully I'll get there one day. I was about to say, do you you want to? I do. I see the value in it. Um, But I recognize where I put my grief on to people in a way that I didn't even realize. I recognize where losing my parents and the loss of my dad, who had become my best friend, created these attachment issues and abandonment issues to where I clung so heavily and hard Mm. and put a lot of weight on a relationship, like, you know, a a romantic relationship where I put a lot of weight on my sister, just in a lot of expectation to So it's even more than the loss of those people. It's just recognizing in myself how I became those things 
in my relationships allowed me to kind of detach from other people and not have so much expectations of them. Hmm. Interesting. So because it, it's almost like this really um, very interesting cocktail because it's, it's, it's so strong at the same time. But like you have this this free spirit about you, you know, Super but also um, a sense of control, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it's a it's an interesting paradigm to like because you're like you, you know what you want. You're very like focused, but also it's like. It's the Libra in you. Holy cow. Yes. The balance. <laughs> With Scorpion it's a, tendencies. It's like, you know what? I don't want to be super religious or I don't want, I mean, I don't need to be married, but I need it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, but having that detachment as far as relationships are concerned. So you, you don't need to be married. Do you want to date? You want to have kids? Where are you at now? Well, how do you feel? I'm dating now. Um, what What are you certain about with dating? Because it seems like, um, you know, you are good with the way what life brings to you. Mm-hmm. But what would you strive for outside of happiness and sanity? I think I'm really good in a relationship. You know, I think I'm really productive in a relationship. I think. Uh, I like the connection. I like to, the security to, to a certain degree, you know. I think I'm always really good in that space. But I am really, really, really targeted and succinct in what I want. And I don't feel the need to be in a relationship. So when I say that is like when that perfect alignment of all the things that really make me feel aligned and good and my spirits you know, my, my vibrations rising with this person and things make sense, then I'll be in a committed relationship and that's great. But you just I have, need to feel good. No, like, like I said, where there's alignment, you okay. know what I mean? And obviously, you know, relations aren't easy. I've not been in one that was perfect or easy. Mm-hmm. And you, that's just what it is. They're all like that, mm-hmm. whether it's at work or in your friendships or in romantic relationships. So, but for me, I'm perfectly fine being single. Mm -hmm. Like I'm happy in relationships. I'm happy being single. I present as a full individual, a a, a whole human. Mm -hmm. So when you get in a relationship with me, I feel like at at this point, then there's less of the neediness. There's less of the codependency. There's less of the expectation. Mm -hmm. I have really grown past the control. Um, and I and I guess I think I saw some of that in my 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 household too. It's like I don't need to tell you what to do, where to do, how to do, who to do with. Like I, that, none of those things are important to me as they once were, and they were important before because I think I felt like if I managed the variables, I could manage the hurt or the pain of mm. not knowing what was coming. And now I'm I feel like I'm I'm so settled in what I have and the value that I find just purely within myself, then everything else is, is, a, is an experience. So that's why I feel like we experience individuals and we have the pleasure of enjoying and interacting with them, but we don't own them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be owned and I don't want to own anybody else at this point. So d- would I like to be in a relationship? Maybe. <laughs> if, if, if it, if it, it's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like if it, it I have I have girlfriends and people that I really respect and I see them and I'm like, oh, are you 
in that relationship and guy friends <laughs> and guy friends too and like like guy friends like homie why like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you're like you're so you could be so happy why is you why are you mm. entertaining so much stress and anxiety and this just looks like a horrible fit for the sake of being in a relationship mm-hmm. and that's not that's not important to me like I can I have a, such a great full life mm-hmm. and I have plenty of <laughs> good times and mm-hmm. I don't I don't suffer from a lack of male attention you know mm-hmm. when I'm and when I engage with somebody I engage with them when I have sex I have sex mm-hmm. so I don't need to be in a relationship at the same time do I value them do I feel like I could benefit from them the the right one absolutely so I'm not opposed to it and that's a weird thing like I'm sure you get that too it's like oh my god like I've been told by so many people you're so great why are you single I, mm-hmm. I've chosen to be single obviously mm-hmm. I mean, I could, you could literally throw a rock and fall into a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But when you know exactly who you are, you know exactly what you want, Mm -hmm. you know exactly what you're willing to make those type of compromises for, because relationships are compromised. Absolutely. And I want to, and I, and I want to be a good girlfriend. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mother. So I didn't do any of those things until it felt right. And prior to now, it didn't feel right to be a mom for me. I had a business to start. I had the world to see. Mm -hmm. I had fun to have. I had 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. mornings to roll in and not have to worry (laughs) about. And I have been on some of those mornings. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, prior to today, um, it just wasn't my priority. And I'm glad because Mm -hmm. now I feel like if I were to have a child today, if I was to get married today, I would be a much, much better mother and a much better wife and a much better girlfriend, much better partner than I would have been before. So you want it, but you don't need it. That's basically in a nutshell. I'm open to it. (laughs) I don't even, I can't, because I don't, I can't say that I want it because, because I've seen really difficult motherhood situations. Oh my. I've seen really difficult marriages. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. So I don't necessarily know that I want marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that I want to be a mother. What I what I I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. And if it is and if it comes and it feels like a, there's an alignment, obviously mm-hmm. I'm willing to do the work where the relationship is valuable, you know, in any relationship. And I so you you know this about me, you know, like sometimes you have to take a step back, you may have to sit things down. Oh yes. But you know when somebody's somebody's right when somebody's good for you when well, a circumstance not all the time but you know yeah okay sometimes you you feel it you know yeah. and, and even if you put that person down and you got to pick them back up later i've there's that's, been times where i was not a good person listen that's actually the best thing to do i think you should yeah but and i have for a second said this i have said this you don't discard good people Sometimes you are in a season Mm -hmm. and you have to let people go through that season. And if your spirit's strong enough, and sometimes it is Mm. for whatever they're going through, my spirit's strong enough to weather that with them. And sometimes it's not. Expand that. You don't discard good people. You don't discard good people. Hmm. So, because there's a lot of trash guys, and you know, I use that word. And I hate that you do that. And I know, and I don't care. But. Because I'm always like, he's trash. And she's like, girl, you have discarded whole parties. First of all. Whole neighborhoods, (laughs) restaurants. I said, I said, guys, with the letter R? (laughs) Anybody whose name started with R. I kind of felt like that (laughs) way about certain letters at one time. Oh, R's? No, nope, sorry. Just don't do it. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Like, there would be certain places, like, certain neighborhoods, certain songs, smells. Like, yeah. I mean, like, but but here's the thing. I, I love men. Mm-hmm. I love black men. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's value in men. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we can't say that men are trash. Come on. Right. You no, know no, no. I mean? it's, it's, a, it's a joke, but you are right. That's why I wanted to talk about you can't discard good people because... I think there are some guys that just make really bad judgments. And there's a guy and a couple guys, <laughs> uh, you know, like, for instance, you know, we were, were out and you're like, I hate him. You're supposed to hate him. And I'm like, he was a really good guy. He was trash to me. I think that he was just not a good guy for me. But as a friend, as a person now, this guy literally has like, you know, let me use his house to sleep when no one was there. No one, the doorman. So I can like sleep during like a funeral, like, like do stuff that's like that most people just would not do. I don't care about your face right now. Okay. Listen to my story that I think that this guy is a nice friend. I do. I would never date this guy again. I would, I wouldn't go on a date. He doesn't want to date me, but he's, I think he's a good person. So when you say don't discard good people, give me an example. Cause she's looking at me. No, no, no. Well, first of all, I think there's like, I think there's value in everyone. Mm-hmm. Even the worst human you can think of. Yeah. There's value in them. And I don't, I don't really like, I don't have any enemies. You know what I mean? There's maybe people who I don't all the way care for. Then maybe they don't all the way care for me. There's definitely people who I've lost touch with and, you know, good, bad, or ugly. And, but I, I don't, I don't hate anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, like, that's what I'm saying. When I hear you talk about me, you're like, I hate them. And I, mm-hmm. I don't hate anybody. And I can honestly say, I don't think anybody's walking around that hates me. Right, right, right. Maybe right, right. one or two. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, but I think. And that we have that same thing about us. Like right. we don't have a lot of people that hate us, right. you know. But yeah, they're probably like two guys. We can right. probably count just two. I mean, I, maybe one and a half, maybe three. Anyway, <laughs> but 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 you're very passionate. So when you're right. like, yes, and I'm, and I'm pretty loyal. So I'm like, well, I was like, okay, well, we hate him. So when we see him, it's because well, we hate him because he did the thing. I'm and like, now, no, we're fine today. And Absolutely, then when, we're okay. when you've told me you hate hate him and you've given me all the reasons to hate him, and I've now invested with you in hating him, <laughs> and then he shows up at the party and you hugging and and kikiing and laughing, and I have to throw <laughs> limes and ice at you. Is that? We Multiple. I was like, we hate him. <laughs> Stupid. And now I'm pissed. I'm like, I don't care about him. It's just a giggle. Mm. <laughs> that was a 15-minute conversation. And mind you, I'm always... Okay, next topic. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I'm usually en route. Like, can we get to where we was going? Oh, I gotta stop and talk to that person with the no, R man. who we don't like. <laughs> it's so many R's. R, G, O, L, M, N, O, P, Q. Anyway, but but it just goes to show, like, discarding good people. Like, I I'm a person who, which could be the gift and a curse. Like, I. It's, a, it's very few people that I do not talk to anymore. You know, even all the R's I'm joking about. Like, I, I may be able to call them and be like, hey, something happened. Can you help me? Which I don't want to. But I'm, I'm a big person that doesn't discard people. Mm-hmm. But you also have to know how to put them in pockets. And the thing that makes you in a better position is that you can detach yourself a little bit easier where I know for me, I'm discarding you and I'm okay. And I've moved on. But in the back of my head or something, maybe we're like, you know what? You know, they were, if they just had acted right when we were dating each other, maybe they were different opposed to like, no, they really are. 
still a not trash individual, trash individual yeah. for dating me. Mm-hmm. They may be good for other people. So I believe I'm a see- full supporter of that. You know, yeah. like there is plenty of people that I've dated mm-hmm. who are now like my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, and I am I have very strong, very healthy platonic male friendships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of guy friends who are just my guy friends and I value those as much as I value my relationships with my female friends. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and there's a couple of guys that maybe we dated and it didn't work out, mm-hmm. but now I don't, you know, you're not, you're not trash. It didn't work out for us. You're my friend. I value you. And I, you know, I support you in all the things that you want to do, but that's the thing is, all of the rules that have been put mm-hmm, on us mm-hmm. that aren't really natural human things. Like, okay, so religion teaches us that we're supposed to get married mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that you're supposed to be monogamous and that you're supposed to find your soulmate and the one and get with them and be with them forever and not ever, you know, leave that person. And that's just not the reality. It's not necessarily, I don't know that it's even human nature. I don't think that it is. I think mm-hmm. it's actually not quite human nature mm-hmm. to be in these uh, lifelong monogamous relationships. Mm -hmm. However, I do see value in them and I've seen them work really well and and create amazing things together. So for me, that's what I'm saying. I think that people enter your life and that you encounter them as spirits. And if you were to take away all of the exterior things, the, the, the man of it, the woman of it, the job, the all of the exterior and you just encounter somebody as a spirit and, and how they made you feel and what they brought to your life. And maybe that's mm-hmm. a forever thing, or maybe that's a temporary thing, but if your spirit repels it mm-hmm. and you instantly feel bad and heavy and mm-hmm. negative in mm-hmm. their presence, and that's an ongoing thing, mm-hmm. then that doesn't mean you're supposed to be around that person, man, woman, or child, mm-hmm. period. So are they trash then? No. Okay. No, <laughs> no, they're in a season. They need, no, no, that, that's, that's true. Or, I- they, they're you know. just something, mm-hmm. uh, something. Because even the worst boyfriend, I, I, you know, we know who that is. And like, it was, a, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. So like, the you know, it just was in a bad season. And truly like a really, probably a really good person. Mm-hmm. And I believe is a good person. Mm-hmm. Just not to be around me. Yeah. You know, because even though it's two parts because you're like, wow, maybe the spirit was good at one point. But when you, that damage comes around. Sometimes you can't really prepare and you can't see them for mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, they probably And then are. there's healing, right? Right. And I've experienced this myself. I wasn't, I was, I was a good person. I was still a good girlfriend and a good individual, but there was pieces of me at that time that didn't jive with pieces of him at that time. Mm-hmm. And even though we were, whoever the, you know, and as we were in a relationship and it may have been working, so to speak, because there was love there or appreciation there. But until you experience that healing and that growth, then maybe you can't move forward with that person mm-hmm. or you, you can't even find a common ground. Got you. I feel you. Look at us cracking the codes and being all responsible. Um, so we have to go into the health aspects of it. You talked about not going to a therapist. Um, but I so, do see value in it. And yeah. it's something that I What are you doing to I'm take care do? of Heather's health right now? Your mental health, your physical state, your everything, like, you know, the, the point of this podcast is balance. Mm-hmm. So I know it's a lot of career focused on you right now. Like, what are you doing to shift some energy or do you want to shift the energy towards some of your actual mental, physical, overall 
health right now. How are you feeling about that? So uh, when you first started the podcast and you were talking about it a little bit and, um, you know, just even today when you were like kind of addressing that, I don't, I don't bucket things. Uh, so I feel like I'm kind of doing everything simultaneously mm -hmm. and I really pay attention to how I feel. So I don't, I, I'm not one of those people that sacrifices everything for my career at this time because this is my goal. Nope. If I, yeah, I just started. If I feel like I need to take a day because I want to sleep, I'm going to take a day and sleep. If mm -hmm. I feel like I want to take a day because I feel like it's important for me to go connect with my family or if there's an opportunity for me to travel somewhere and that means I got to work remotely and we got to figure it out and being afraid that maybe I'll lose my job or, you know, this great position that I'm, I don't live that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I also don't miss opportunities to get together with my friends because, well, I was, I got to go to the gym every night, every, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't do things I don't like to do. I don't like to run. Mm -hmm. why, why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. But I really like to hike because if I, I am physical. I like to be physical and I mm -hmm. like to be active and I'm very competitive too. Mm -hmm. So now if you say, let's go ahead and climb up that mountain, you better believe we're going to climb that mountain. <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can get up That's there. That's the control part. I'm, I'm going to see, can I get up there for you? Mm -hmm. I'm an athlete. I was an athlete all through high school, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I, my sister will tell you, I'll get out there and I'll have all sorts of challenges and obstacle courses and soccer and then with my niece you and was my one nephew. of those uh sisters growing up like we're gonna make this no uh, that's here's like <laughs> last month with my niece and my nephew and then i hit my, my you know my brother-in-law will set up um little you know obstacle courses and i'll work out with them i, I i'm not opposed to working out i'm mm -hmm. very strong mm -hmm. i'm very healthy mm -hmm. i've never been a small girl mm -hmm. i'm i'm very uh proud and of my body i like who i am mm -hmm. um in my version of healthy may not look like someone else's version of healthy. So what is your version of healthy as far as not looking wise, feeling, look, all that? Like what is healthy to you? When I walk around and my when I, I, when my body feels heavy, when my body feels tired, when my body feels um, if I'm sluggish or just, you know, those things, I pay attention. And mm -hmm. I know what that feels like for me. And for some people, they feel good when they're 120 pounds. For, for some people, they feel good when they're 320 pounds. And I know that that's an outer package. And you, we've also been taught that if a package looks a certain way, it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it looks another way, it is healthy. And I had parents who didn't smoke, didn't drink, never did any drugs, didn't really stay out late, never partied, went to church. My mom, my dad grew up in the church. Um, and they died young. My grandmother lived to be 94 years old. She smoked. She she gambled. Mm -hmm, <laughs> she mm -hmm. chain smoked. You know what I mean? <laughs> and ate Italian food. And, you know, if it wasn't for that accident and that accessoride, you know. Oh, damn. <laughs> she didn't die that way. But we think it may oh. have jobbed some like, things in there. <laughs> but um, that just goes to tell you, like. Uh, you know, you you have to pay attention to your body mm -hmm. and pay. And, and when you and I've been vegan mm -hmm. and I know how that felt. I've done um, keto, which is a high fat and protein, you know, and I know how that felt. Mm -hmm. You have to listen to what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. And like, listen, I've I've had a trainer and workout and I, I enjoy that. I like being physical. I like moving my body, but I don't like doing things that don't feel good to me because it's what someone says is how you are healthy. Mm. 
you know? And again, I don't sacrifice any one aspect of my life for the other to well, me. There's, there's also like actual health aspects to some things like fatty food. You, you're going to. I like, disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> you can physically die faster. No, I disagree. Okay. I disagree. Um, because, you know, there's research to support that uh, sugar is what causes the clogged arteries and not mm-hmm. actual, you know, fats. But but that but I'm talking about like those type of things. Like if it's sugar, if it's fats, there is some health aspects that we do need to be aware of. No, it depends. Okay, it depends on who's like you. ramen noodles. Like is got okay. like a crap load of sodium and like things like that. Yet yet Asians are traditionally healthier than the rest of us, mm-hmm. right? So no, think, ramen noodles in a packet. It's like... Well, there's like, sodium involved in that. About. Like, you know... No, I love me You're talking ramen. about oodles and noodles. oodles and noodles. You're talking Not about 10 for 10. Talking about... I mean, 10 for a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, again... Like, I love ramen. Again, um, and I challenge you in that way because I think that we're, we believe what we're told, mm-hmm. right? So... You're not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. I haven't done a panel of tests on myself. I know what feels good, right? So I know that if I am a vegan, but I'm eating a bunch of candy, at some point I know I feel bad. But I know that I don't feel bad if I'm eating meat and fat. Mm -hmm. I know that I can eat bacon and it don't make me feel bad, no matter what anybody else's experience, religion, science has told me Mm -hmm. again my experiences have been different uh, of what I believe so I think for me everything in moderation pay attention to your body eat eat as much real food as you can now that Mm -hmm. I do believe we we're living things so for example uh, plants grow Mm -hmm. from the carcass of animals right so when you say oh it's you you can only be a vegan okay Mm -hmm. well the soil that was fertilized by the carcass of the animal. Did you realize that mm-hmm. now you, that fur, that your fruit grew in that? So it's just it's all relative to how you think. I do think that eating as much much whole living things as you can is mm-hmm. is the best possible way to live. But okay. that's like what makes this. me feel good. I like this living by her own rules. Heather Romantini living by her own rules. That's really mm-hmm. we didn't got the whole topic down pat. I mean, it's good because, you know, we agree to disagree. Like, I'm a person Mm -hmm. who, I mean, she is a Libra and she's literally went every question in the middle, which is like crazy because she's so strong. But yet she's like, but I believe in this. But I love that because um, it makes you see both sides of the story, but also it's just a different point of view and like living by your own rules and your own expectations and what works for you. That, that's what makes you feel balanced, you know? For so sure. at the end of every show, we do an emoji. And um, you love Dave East and you love Nas. So I had to pick which one because... <laughs> there's um, no picking. There's no pick. Oh, Lord. I wish we could tell the Nas story, but, you know, we got to wrap Why it not? up. Why I not? Mean, we should... Oh, okay. <laughs> Nas DMs me, y'all. We go together. <laughs> I was with her and I was like, wait, it was... You want to tell the story? Nas DM'd me. We go together. They have a, po- a photo at Essence Festival. And I guess he's like said hi or something. Or I don't know. But it was a, it was actual like a DM like hi. And we were together. And she was just obnoxious for the whole day. She was literally like, do not look at me. Don't Nas talk to me. Nas <laughs> DM'd me. <laughs> and I just have to say, you know what? You're right. 
I'm not worthy of you. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows that's my favorite rapper. I yes. have had I've had this affinity for him for a million years. I've met him many times. I've mm-hmm, worked with mm-hmm. him, and every time it's like the first time I'm like, ah. and then Google he DM'd me, and now you're lucky I'm talking to you. <laughs> we're not worthy. Okay, so we're gonna start. We go with your career. You have to give. Um, I think Nas Nas doesn't have a lot of faces, so it's like. Happier Nas or sad Nas? So as far as your career, I mean, I feel like it's going really great right now. Which Nas emoji that will probably come across the screen when we do this uh, YouTube video? What would it be? The happy or the like sad? The one that's like this, like, uh, you know, that emoji that is like, you know, like the smirk, the side uh-huh, smirk, uh-huh, like, side mm, smirk. how you doing? Uh-huh. That's that side smirk, like. I work in a very male, white, older, white male dominated mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. I am a young looking black female who has pushed and pushed and pushed in a sports industry and pushed those doors and pushed those doors and pushed my and shown my value. So that, 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 haha, I got it smirk. Like mm-hmm. now you see it. Mm-hmm. That's the, if there was a Nazi emoji for that. I- the best thing Can is that, that I actually give, I gave her the rules and she, Deboed me and said, "I'm gonna do my own emoji." <laughs> I don't because I don't even know that many Nas emojis. Like if, if, if oh, I was going to find it. Oh, okay. Well, then well, no, find no, one, no. Now, now find one where he's giving you that eye. I usually do give it three, the, but I usually do. If give he's three. showing the chip tooth even <laughs> better, like like so, you gotta really. Wait, dig. you're adding that one. Every, so wait, why can't uh, we use the monkey? Everything I do is that white monkey. <laughs> every emo, every feeling I've ever had. The white monkey white only monkey. has the one emotion. All right. So career relationships. How do you feel about that? Are we giving it the the same smirk? (laughs) Uh, No, that 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 smile, that that big, happy smile where his he's got that like twinkle in his eye. Even if it's a closed mouth smile. You feeling good? Yeah. It's high vibrational. You you hiding a whole nigga somewhere that I don't know about? Mm -mm. Bitch, yes, you are. (laughs) Wait a second. I'm going to go in the whole group I'm chat single, and be single? like. No, I'm single, single. But I feel that good. Last time a nigga said they were single, single. I saw them like last week with a whole bit. I feel, I feel good and I'm, I'm positive about the future. I know. I feel like something's good. coming. You, know, you just feel mm, stuff, you know. Okay. So, so new I'm, moon, new moon. Yeah, I feel good about relationships. Okay, and your health. How do you feel? How do you feel right now? How's your mind? How's your body? How's your, are you feeling heavy? You feeling light? You feeling like you could do a little bit more? You feel like you need a little meat? You need a little cheese? You need a little. This is a little tired. This vodka. this this first two weeks of this mm. new job has me exhausted and mm-hmm. you know just up and just because I want to do good, right? You know, right, like I want right, right. all the all the hopes that I see in people's eyes for what they want from me and from my role. Cause it's kind of new in the way we were creating it. I just want to live up to all those things for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's probably the Nazi emoji that would be like, um, you going back to the smirk or you going to the sad one? I think it's a, like him walking through belly, you know, <laughs> with Mary playing in the background where it's like, you know, like there's a, there's an air of real strong confidence. Like I got this and he's walking through, but there's also some, tentative like I'm not home I don't really know what's gonna happen but mm-hmm. it's exciting and the energy's high yeah that I love how sis straight up made all her own emojis but it goes and it's fine but only Heather would do it yeah. <laughs> if anyone's gonna do it because she's living by her own rules and That's I good. love it Heather also has a podcast too I do um outside mm. of being you know senior talent producers 
at these amazing companies. Where can we find you? Tell us about, you know, more. Yeah. So um, I'm one third of the Get Off the Bandwagon podcast. It's uh, Get Off the Bandwagon. It's no it's bandwagon, B-N-D-W-G-N, no vowels. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can, we have Instagram. We're on, I think, SoundCloud at this point. Um, we're a baby hiatus, so, uh, but it's sports and pop culture. I'm the actually female voice of sports. So it's it's good times, I think, if you're into sports, come Look come check you. us out. Living in purpose, sports, entertainment, all that. Anyway, Heather, thank you for coming on the show. We thank had a real moment. I was like, I wanted to stop the cameras and be like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I just need to <laughs> hug you. But one, it's hot because we turned the air conditioner it's off hot when here. I um I, but take. I also feel like a little bit of moist, you know, it's like a Yeah, love. on top of this is my good vacation hair. So I, I need to sweat it out. Super cute. Um, but anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in to Music Men and My Mental. I'm C Devone. Thank you, Heather Romantini, once again. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe on YouTube at Music Men and My Mental on Instagram and Twitter. And um, you know where to find us? Spotify, uh, just Apple Podcasts, everything. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.